Hello, and welcome to this week's My News Wrap, news from the world of SAP, Microsoft, and the world in between. As last week, to this week will be a bit of a special edition because we had Sapphire now. Um, and I will, um, again, split today's session into two parts. So first part with the usual agenda, like um, news from the SAP world, news from Microsoft world. And then in the last part, I will talk a bit about my impressions um, from the Sapphire Now keynote. Um, as you know, it took place this week. And there will be um, an ongoing conference over the next weeks, which will dive in more, more details of the announcements. With that, let's dive into the topics. Um, first, let's start with SAP Business Technology Platform. There was a new white paper that came out uh, this week around the business technology platform. So it's not just about the thing formerly known as SAP Cloud Platform, but it's um, really the, the whole topic. Um, don't expect too much from the white paper uh, technically. Um, it's, it's more giving you an overview. And to be honest, it's a bit of marketing fluff. But if you... Um, are new to SAP Business Technology Platform, if you have customers that want to take a first look at Business Technology Platform, that's, um, I think, a fair starting point. Then one announcement long awaited. The free team model for SAP Business Technology Platform is available on July the 1st. So it will take uh, four more weeks approximately until it's there. Um, it will start not fully fledged, but with 30 uh, uh, services at the launch uh, that will be free tiered. Um, fair, fair start from my perspective, so not everything must be free tiered at the beginning. Um, it's finally there. Um, it's, there is not too much information about that <clears throat> um, with respect to which services are free tiered. And what are the SLAs for the free tiers? And um, what are the, um, the, the metrics around the free tiers? So I hope there is more to come over the next weeks. I think I would guess this will be a topic next week um, at the Sapphire sessions. Then um, another blog post that crossed my path around an introduction of a new methodology around SAP application extensions. Uh, you may know the um, sister sibling um, around uh, that topic. That's the SAP Integration Solution Advisory Methodology. And that is referenced within this blog post. And this is now um, a methodology for extensions. Um, if you take a look at um, other methodologies, also around Cloud Adoption Framework from Microsoft, for example, basically from, from a level perspective it's not that different um i think it's it's good that sap has a checklist or something like that although the blog post does not yet show any any details around that just one one high level picture and one picture that um from my perspective shows that maybe it's again a bit oversized if i take a look at that one so i'm not quite sure i I will uh, get an opinion on that if there are more details about that, but taking a look at the, the second picture of the blog post, which is kind of a very complex, um, or from my perspective, very complex um, take on how the single artifacts um, are connected together in a one-to-end relationship and so on. Um, 
I don't think that that's very useful for a methodology, but that's that's my my opinion. But let's see um, if there are details about that. Let's see, maybe it's great stuff. At least it's highly recommended by um, the users of the SAP applications because you do not know, uh, or, or at least there is no clear guidance when do you use which runtime, for example, on SAP Business Technology Platform. What's the best use case for Kima? What's the best use case for maybe Cloud Foundry? So um, hopefully this um, this guide gives some, some hints how to deal with that. With that, um, one uh, blog post uh, taking uh, the cloud application programming model in its center um, by Tobias Hoffmann, regular guest on this podcast. Um, picking up the Q&A, uh, the community Q&A that took place, I think last week uh, on Friday, um, where again, there was the question around, hey, when will SAP open source a cup? The answer was maybe off the ticket. Um, and the maybe was really a maybe. Um, and there is the notion um, that I think people have the, the feeling that by open sourcing CUP, there will be a very huge uh, adoption of CUP also outside of the SAP ecosystem. And I don't think that's the case. And that's um, all around this blog post um, is making his story around. And I think it's, uh, as, as usual, I have to say, very good blog post by um, Tobias Hoffmann, who is really addressing here the pain points. So, of course, open sourcing will in the future be um, good for a cloud application programming model. But first, you, you have to push it into a non-SAP project. You have to make it available on Azure, on AWS, on GCP, uh, on Google Cloud Platform, GCP, um, um, to, to really make it visible and to have quick starters there, like for, for Node.js applications, for C-sharp applications or whatsoever. Um, and he also clearly addresses, I think, three three action points um, that have to be taken into account in order to um, make CUP really a success outside of um, the SAP ecosystem. And I, I fully agree with that. Uh, then from the Kima part, there is one new uh, mission on the SAP Discovery Center uh, that um, took up uh, Kima-specific topic. Uh, extending SAP Sales Cloud and also bringing in some third-party services like uh, Google Cloud uh, Geo API. So if you are curious what you can do with Kima, what cool um, extensions you can build, this mission might be quite interesting for you. Then uh, from the area of kind of steampunk, um, there was one announcement that is connected to um, Sapphire now, and that's there is an additional extensibility option and configuration option for us for HANA Cloud now, um, which is was known as the, the embedded steampunk. So you can now build your isolated ABAP-based extensions also within SAP S4 um, and not only within the um, ABAP runtime within the BTP. Um, that was that was the announcement here. I think there wasn't too much um detailed information about that um, in this announcement. So let's see what comes and let's see what impact this has on the um, on the other runtime in the business technology platform. <clears throat> because if you have it within S4, what what are the, the um, <clears throat> criteria 
to use um, the ABAP runtime within the cloud. Let's see, um, also interesting topic. Then um, one kind of service message, um, you might know the um, SAP NetWeaver add-on for event enablement that is out now for quite some time and that helps you a lot with eventing and also with um, connecting your uh, on-premise on system, your SAP system to the, uh, I call it, it's called Event Mesh now, I think, SAP Event Mesh, yes. Um, and this add-on is now also released for S4HANA, so all the <clears throat> pardon, um, the um, yeah, certifications have been done so that it's now also um, usable on S4. Now, with that, I um, would like to switch to the Microsoft pod of the house. So um, first of all, of course, um, <clears throat> build is uh happened one week ago so uh, there are now all the blog posts that pick up the news and there is one great blog post by uh, thomas maurer if you don't know him you should definitely follow him he's one of the um, senior cloud advocates at microsoft and he picked up the the biggest announcement from my perspective with running cloud native apps on azure pass anywhere um with with azure arc and he made a little video about that. He gathered a lot of documentation around that and a little walkthrough on, on the Azure Arc enablement of different services. It's a really uh, cool blog post. Take a look at it. And then we have several announcements around um, Azure Functions. The first one is a new um, part of the Azure Functions Durable extension. Unfortunately, only for um, .NET-based uh, functions, which is uh, dealing with code generation for durable functions. If you're using durable functions, you certainly have come across the, the topic that you have some magic strings there um, when, when calling the orchestrator, when um, uh, calling activity functions from the orchestrator. And now this um, part of the, the extension now generates all the method stops that um, in, a, in a typed way for the orchestration and activity functions. So that really takes away a big pain from my perspective. Unfortunately, only for the .NET work world because it's based on the Roslyn code analyzer. Um, yeah. So I think, at least me personally, I have to switch to .NET in the near future. Um, then there is also um, an announcement around the um, Azure SDK. And uh, the there is now an extension within the Azure SDK for Azure Functions, um, especially for um, configuration of um, the <clears throat> triggers and input and output bindings. So for, for storage, event hubs, service bus, and event grid, um, there is now, they are now part of the Azure SDK in a beta version. And they allow you, for example, a secretless configuration. They allow you quite some um, options in the area of advanced configuration. For example, if you want to use uh, managed identities for, um, for authentication. So that's uh, really uh, cool what's coming up there. Um, I did not yet try it out, but that's something I, I think 
I will make my hands dirty in the near future. Now, um, there was one a conference also taking, or conference, one, one regular meetup uh, that was taking place this week um, called Solar Days Amsterdam. I, I already had them several times on this show. Um, and there was one blog, uh, blog post, one uh, session by Sean Fieldman, um, Azure MVP uh, in Canada, about uh, N-Service Bus and how to integrate N-Service bus, bus with Azure Functions. So I didn't know N-Service Bus. Um, I also referenced it um, in the, the show notes, the link to this product tool. Um, and this N-Service Bus really abstracts away the um, messaging um, thingies within Azure Functions that you would have to do explicitly and you can run in a lot of traps when you do that um, and you have to, to take care of a lot about um, things that have nothing to do with the business logic per se but with with error handling and this end service bus takes away a lot of the pain so that's a quite interesting um, thing if you're working in that area take a look at that then um, one other news from the area of uh, Fusion Teams and this Fusion development stuff that Microsoft is coming up with, bringing together low-code, no-code, and pro-code. And this is the, the second blog post in, the, in a series of blog posts around um, bringing together Power Apps and, and Azure Functions and other services on Azure. And it deals with a super important topic from my perspective, and that's end-to-end -end data tracing. When you start with low-code like Power Apps and then dive into Azure. Within Azure, you have application insights, but you now have to bring those two worlds together to really have end-to-end um, -end view. And this blog post describes how to do that. Of course, um, application insights plays an, a central role on that. So that's, that's really cool. And, and I like this um, drive that Microsoft currently has in this area of fusion development because i think that's super important in general and that's also super important for um for the sap microsoft bringing things together story then um going away from the serverless area into a bit more uh, let's say kubernetes um, based things there is one um vs code extension that now allows you to enable local tunnel debugging and also local development of your microservices and attaching them to an existing uh, Kubernetes cluster with other microservices. So you do not have to kind of play around locally and set up your local development environment. You just implement your own single microservice locally and then bring that into the, uh, the overall Kubernetes cluster and it feels and and behaves like this microservice would have been deployed. And this also includes debugging. So uh, that's all this blog post is about. Um, I think that's that's really cool, especially when you do stuff with, with Kubernetes. And that's also where my uh, next blog post uh, that I found um, kicks in. It's deploying pull requests uh, into a Kubernetes cluster with GitHub Actions and not permanently, but to deploy them temporarily. So this uh, blog post kind of gives you guidance how to do that with GitHub Actions. I think that's really uh, super, super helpful. 
Now, that was it from the Microsoft part. Let's go to the area of um, SAP and Microsoft. First of all, currently there is quite, at least in, in my LinkedIn feed, um, quite some action around Microsoft and SAP, their collaboration, SAP is pulling the plug, um, they are ending everything. Um, and that's why, why I referenced this blog post here. Um, and we'll drop a few words about that. So the SAP Embrace project or program, when you take a look at the beginning, was always open for all um, hyperscalers. It was then kind of narrowed down to one preferred hyperscaler, namely Microsoft. And this preferred partnership, as every contract, has an end date. And surprise, surprise, this end date is coming. Um, I think it's it's the the uh, summer this year, um, or or August or something like that, um, if if I remember correctly. And um, well, that's it. Then the the SAP Embrace program will continue, but it will not. Microsoft will not be um, that that preferred um, hyperscaler anymore. So it's open for AWS. It's open for GCP. Um, so, so come along. However, Microsoft has a head start, but um, well, it, it's not that surprising that this um, collaboration or this preferred status ends. This does not mean that SAP Embrace ends. So that's, I think there are a lot of clickbait titles. There are some folks uh, picking it up from the, from the Google side of the house that say, yeah, finally, um, well, come along and, and bring your solutions. I think it's, it's only good for customers if they have the, the choice between different hyperscalers. But I personally did not see too much uh, action around AWS and, and uh, Google in the area of Embrace besides infrastructure topics, which for me as, a, as an application developer are not really relevant. Then um, let's go to the real technical topics. Uh, Holger Bruchelt summarized within a blog post on the SAP community what podcasts he delivered in May 2021, so great overview. If you missed one, or if you want to see what happened, just scroll through. And there was one last week that I also would like to highlight with the um, Azure Data Factory um, Accelerator, um, an open source project by uh, Bartosz Szakowski and Marius Panga, um, that will really help you um, with setting up your Azure Data Factory and connecting to SAP system, Retrieving data, uh, you can specify which which tables you want to use, and then build on top of that via via Power BI, for example. I also reference the project per se. Um, it's available on GitHub. Um, it's yeah, not not brand new, so it's been there has been quite some work around that in the in the last month, but it's I think not uh, already fully finished, so there are quite some to dos open. Um, but if you if you want to bring together um, Azure Data Factory and SAP systems in the area of analytics, take a look at this GitHub repository. Then um, another service information around uh, Azure Logic Apps and um, connection to SAP systems. If you um, want to check um, within RFC calls the, the transaction ID directly from the corresponding SAP table, you can now do that. You can now uh, get detailed information about um, all that stuff with 
Azure Logic apps that is now available. Um, and I think helps quite a lot when, <clears throat> when dealing with this type of uh, connector. Then uh, two uh, news around uh, learning and uh, conferences that come up. Uh, one thing about, let's say, the learning part, um, Azure Fun Bytes brought out a new episode on uh, Azure Bicep. That's quite, uh, quite cool. Um, the, the blog post is referenced in the show notes. Um, there is a, a video on, on Azure Fun Bytes on YouTube about that topic, and there are a lot of references and um, links to more information within the blog post that I have in the show notes. And then last week, I, I mentioned that Satya Nadella, during the keynote of Build, dropped a few words about what's coming up for Windows and that this will be the biggest update. And uh, yep, there is now a follow-up on the 24th of June where you will get more information. What's next for Windows? I'm really curious what will be happening there. Um, and with that, to the last part of the regular agenda of uh, the my newsrep session, um, developer productivity. Scott Hetzelman brought up uh, an extension that might be interesting for TypeScript, React, and Redux uh, developers out there. It's called Rush Snippets, and it helps you to um, declare or, or bring in code into your project more efficiently with very few uh, um, keystrokes, um, you have context-aware code creation um, and, and uh, a lot of other goodies in there. So it's, I think, from the, from the install base, it's not yet that well-known, but I think it's really um, helpful if you are working in that area. So, so take a look. Um, maybe that's something for you. And with that, I have finished up the regular agenda of my news rep. So now let's switch to the Sapphire Now topic. So first, what, what do I have within the show notes that you uh, get from my GitHub repository? Um, I, of course, have referenced the um, uh, global keynote of um, SAP Sapphire Now that was brought up by, by Christian Klein and Julie White and others. Uh, for for replay, I think it's you know, a bit more than an hour um, that you can watch. I brought up the um, so-called Sapphire Now Innovation News Guide, which is basically the book of news. When you scroll through that, and I will say a few words about that afterwards, you will see that the announcements were quite high level. So there was no, no real deep announcement at the keynote, and there is also no real deep information within this guide. Um, let's see what the next week will bring. Then I also referenced um, a statement of DSAG on the um, basic announcements at um, Sapphire Now, which is also worth to read. I also referenced um, several blog posts around SAP's integration strategy um, and, and some announcement around Rise with SAP for Industries. And I also referenced all the um, uh, press releases that came out on that day. Um, so I, I think there will be more over the coming weeks, but it makes no sense to, to put them in here, but just to give you a, a short 
overview. There is also one central um, kind of press release that also references the other one, so I put that on the top. Um, now, with that, uh, let's say something about the keynote or my impression of the keynote, what's what happened there, um, and what were the announcements from my perspective. So if you're not interested in that, now it's time to, to switch off then. If you're interested, you're welcome. Um, in general, I have to first put uh, one statement on top of everything. So I think I'm not the perfect target audience for Sapphire now. So I'm, I think I'm more the techie guy. Um, I'm not that one that is that deep into into the business topic, uh, uh, into the business announcements around Sapphire now. However, I have to say the the setup up to now was much fresher. So much more uh, kind of a, of a generation change with respect to previous Sapphire nows. Um, that was quite visible. A lot of young folks um, speaking there and putting forward the message. Nevertheless, if you watch the replay, never forget the target audience are not techies. Um, the good news uh, compared to last year's Sapphire now, there have been no technical glitches, so they, they learned a lot there and it was quite nice setup also compared to um, the, the Rise announcement, which was quite artificial with a lot of green screens in place. So this one was now much more natural. However, having said that, time zones seem to be quite a problem for SAP marketing um, because they were not able to bring out one consistent announcement when the keynote takes place in Europe. So uh, quite, quite funny glitch. Uh, it's not that difficult, I would have guessed, but obviously um, I was wrong. And um, one topic I have to, to put in front, uh, Julia White, the new member of the board uh, that came from Microsoft, she is definitely the highlight of the, the um, keynote and a win for SAP. That's, that's something that um, you will also see, I guess, when you watch the keynote. Now about the keynote. What happened there? Well, basically, there was one introduction that was about uh, picking up uh, the, of course, COVID-19, the, the pandemic that really um, influenced our private and work lives the most over the, the last more than a year. And um, well, Christian Klein took up the topic and then kind of built the bridge towards, yeah, technology is a help for covid and, and for the companies and for the people out there. And from my perspective, he should have stressed more that it's it may be a tool, it may be a good tool, but there may be also some things that simply did not go well when you just focus on technology. I, I would have hoped that as he is Germany-based, uh, he would have said something about that, taking into account the, the huge fails around Luca app. Um, that is also kind of a, of a competitor to, to the Corona One app that where SAP was was engaged with. So I think he he should have made a bit more distinguishment in there that, yeah, technology is good, it can help, but it can also completely lead you down the wrong path. Then uh, one other topic that he picked up, of course, was the topic of climate change, of sustainability, Climate 21. And with that, um, also the topic of supply chains and business networks 
um, that that are kind of one of the central stuff that SAP is dealing now with. And um, of course, the the big question that was the let's say the baseline of the whole story: how to become more resilient. If you think about the pandemic, if you think about supply chains, how can we do better there? Um, he also brought up the topic of customer experience, which was a bit surprising for me. It, it was picked up several times uh, over the, the session. So I thought the Qualtrics story is kind of, yeah, it's there, but it's not that centrally important. They they are kind of picking it up again. And um, he also stressed the topic of, of course, data and insights into data, which was for me kind of a hint towards the acquisition of Signalio. Now he um, kind of finished his introduction with uh, with saying that the most resilient companies uh, embraced technology. Uh, they they left their traditional business models behind. Um, they they integrated all the stuff. They they took a look at the data. They took their insights and and so on and so forth. Um, which was kind of the segue to uh, this um, the sandwich picture. Uh, that you might know where we have the, the business technology platform down below. Then you have the intelligent suite, the intelligent cloud uh, on top of the business technology platform, uh, the business process intelligence on top of that, and then the SAP business networks that span everything um, that is that I mentioned before. Now, um, yeah, that, that was kind of the introduction. And then there, there have been several pillars that have been extensively stressed with with um, some additional speakers in there one was from my perspective the the central 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 part which was uh, community and collaboration and how to uh, reinvent the way industries run with combining networks and supply chain and this was the the first big announcement um that SAP wants to build the world's largest and most comprehensive business network. So like, like Facebook, but for, for industries, so a big industry network. And with that, um, <clears throat> the second uh, pillar came into play, um, sustainability. So they, they called it zero waste, uh, zero emission, and zero inequality. So, so they also summarized the topic of diversity in there and, and anti-racism. So that's that's highly appreciated. And if you think about you, you have now the networks and you have the, the supply chain um, somewhere in there, you can now enrich that with uh, standards, dimensions, measures in, in reporting about um, how sustainable is your overall network, your, your, your supply chain. And the goal of SAP is to bake that into the product as a standard KPI. And then use analytics to to gain uh, information out of that. Um, yeah, basically, <clears throat> it was all about delivering the different insights. Um, what I was missing a bit is what's next. So you have now the insights, but but what's the action if you you see that your um, your supply chain is not as 
has not an as good carbon footprint as you would like it to have. I mean, it's it's not done by just choosing one supplier that then has a great carbon footprint um, or, or making that um, a criteria for uh, choosing a supplier. But I think the story is much more complex when it comes to, to that. Um, and that's something that I missed. What's next? So having the insights here, cool. That's, that's something that is possible. What's next? Um, and then uh, kind of a third pillar, but from, from the priority, at least from my perception, much behind the other ones was, was data-driven and, and custom experience. So a lot of talk about analytics, a lot of talk about insights, and also ODM was, was um, announced, so the one data model. However, no information when this will now finally uh, kick in and go live and be ready for productive usage. And also nothing about its, its little sister, sibling, I don't know, um, SAP Graph, when they will come to life. Maybe <clears throat> there will be some announcements next week, but I would have hoped a bit more um, dates during uh, the keynote. Now, <clears throat> that was kind of the, the overall story with a lot of, of also customer testimonials. Um, it was not a perfectly red line that was drawn uh, throughout the, um, the session, but yeah, it was okay-ish in, 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 the, in the retrospective. And there have been several announcements, especially around RISE. That was something that I think everybody expected. Um, the announcement around RISE uh, were, first of all, HR and procurement are now within S4 Cloud, so they are new within the RISE package. And there is also a really dedicated package for that, for the human experience management. In addition, there are also new RISE packages for industries. So I think there are six industries, automotive, retail, something like that, um, where you have now dedicated RISE packages that you can use, which makes sense because the, the more generic part is okay, but industries have very specific needs. And that kind of, of accumulated into uh, the, the announcement of a modular ERP, which will uh, combine and bring together uh, very specific functionalities. And you, you can bring them together as you want um, with, with on-prem ERP, within the cloud functionality, in combination with the industry cloud and all these new RISE packages. Now, having said that, that's a logical step from my perspective that SAP makes here, but here is where the DSAG uh, statement kicks in that I've, I've mentioned before, because they say, well, we want to see a reality check because it's not getting easier if you now really fragment your ERP um, over, over several bits and pieces. And especially when you think about the, the bigger story, it's not just having an SAP landscape and nothing else. You also have third-party um, functionality within your company. And it's not like them bringing together uh, one Lego piece with another Lego piece. It's bringing together Lego with Duplo with, with uh, Playmobil um, and trying to make uh, a story out of that. So uh, that's something that really has to be proven in reality. And this is where I really highly appreciate the statement of DSAG that, that kind of um, put the finger on that pain point. Then 
Um, the the other big announcement beside Rise, so to say, is the the launch of the Intelligent Enterprise Network by bringing together SAP Ariba, the the logistics network, as well as Asset Intelligence. So that's kind of of um, um, continuation of what started with Rise from my perspective, that they now um, bring up and really bring it to to a big level. So um, that's that's really interesting. And in this context of the Intelligent Enterprise Network, there was one offer that was made, um, kind of. They they said they will onboard the top 99 suppliers in 90 days for new adopting enterprises of this offering. It was not clear if this was a bit of marketing or if this is really an official um, rise offer. If it is, uh, chapeau if it works. And um, besides that, there have been several other new products that have been announced in the different areas. Um, bear with me, I don't remember them. I just remember them. I just remember that um, they they grow those product names long in Waldorf. Uh, it was three liners, each and every product. So yeah, I think uh, shorter, more crisp titles might, might also be, might also do the trick, but um, as I said, I'm not perhaps the perfect key audience for Sapphire. Um, with that, there was there was kind of a second keynote. I, I would say it was a second keynote um, with Hasse Plattner and and um, um, I lost the name um, Julie White, um, where where they dove into a different topic. Um, from my very personal opinion, that was definitely not the highlight of uh, the Sapphire keynote. If you have seen several keynotes by by Hassel Plattner in the last years, in the last Sapphires, it's getting quite repetitive. So it's always the same story, uh, how they built software in the 70s and 80s, um, how business has been there, how they, they, they uh, got customer feedback and how things changed now and that things got more, more, more difficult and more complex. Yes, that's true, but uh, really, I think everybody's aware of that. And the centerpiece of this uh, uh, kind of one-on-one session was um, the topic of Signavio and Business Insights, where they really uh, put a lot of time in that. The segue for Hasse Plattner was he was coming from documenting business processes that was super complicated and never uh, took off in prior history of SAP and now with Signavio and the, the real-time insights and the insights into the real actions, this um, might become better and better. Well, um, they, they brought up a demo then. And to be really honest, first of all, it was not a real customer demo. And I have seen exactly, I, I would say exactly the same, several years ago, and I'm not talking about two years ago, but more like four years ago, um, exactly the same demo by Salonis. And I I would have expected if they now bought Signavio and if they now brought up uh, this topic as, as a central piece, which indeed it is, um, that they would have more than, than just that. Because Salonis moved on, I think they're, 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 they're now 11 billion worth 
something like that. Um, and I don't think that they can compete with with that what they've shown now with Salonis, for example. Well, as as before with with the session with with Christian and, and the other speakers, um, experience management and, and Qualtrics was quite often mentioned. Again, surprise for me. Um, then there was also the topic of quite long project times and and the cloud makes everything better um, because of the agility, because of the incremental updates. Well, yes, that's true. And, and I think that was said several times before. And yeah, you, you have to tell things quite often that they stick to the brain. But for me, it was really the, the most repetitive part of, of Cephal now Keynote. And especially thinking about that a lot of products of SAP are not zero downtime yet. Um, I think one one would have to to take that with more um, with more constraints uh, when when you talk about that. But well, it is as it is. Um, then there are two points that I really would like to address because they 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 have been quite funny in 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 the keynote of Hasselblad. He mentioned that the major SAP system was was completely rewritten and that is now nearly finished. So I think I guess he's talking about S four. Well, um, I don't think so, but um, so, the, so the S4 systems, there have been some some refactorings in there, but I think there's also quite a lot of, of old code there. I wouldn't talk about rewritten when um, I'm saying that, but yeah, uh, maybe they didn't tell him. And what was really funny is that, that he's only the advisor um, or, or one advisor, of SAP, um, everybody who knows the influence of Hasselblatt knows that, well, that's not uh, really true. Now with that, that was kind of the, the whole keynote. So as I said before, it wasn't going too deep into details. I I think the, the strategic pillars came out quite clear. So, so my takeaways are um, well, neither positive nor, nor negative. From my perspective, what's what's a, on the plus side is that the strategy of the last year and the, the rise topic are now going really into execution, and the strategy and the the way that they go, they stay untouched. So uh, that that's good because a stable strategy always makes sense. Um, you always need some time to work things out. Um, the next logic steps, like like bringing in a, a dedicated package of RISE for human experience management, like offering industry-specific packages, they were done. So so makes perfect sense for me, and um, they are pushed forward. Now they have to yeah, prove their existence on the battlefield, so to say. What was also good to see, which was not super explicitly mentioned, but, but brought up several times, is that the business technology platform is the central platform. For SAP, so the um, importance of BTP was hardened. What was also, um, I think, already announced in the RISE announcement by, by Christian Klein was this idea of the modular ERP. As I said before, and as the DSIG statement um, also clearly um, points out, let's see where this leads us, because that's quite a difficult topic. Um, what is definitely something that you have to take away is the topic of this um, intergalactic business network supply chain thingy is the super central topic for, for SAP. So that's kind of really 
something where they they put stress on um, and that makes perfectly sense when it then goes into sustainability which i have to say again is highly appreciated and really fits into the story with business network networks and and the supply chain so that's that's cool i'm quite interested where things will go because currently you only have insights um but no actions that you can you can of course derive actions but there is no no guidance in there that i would have hoped for then from my perspective the signavio story and business insights story um is a little bit of a struggle for sap i think it's super important and it's super important across system boundaries so it's a kind of a distributed uh, a trace of the business processes but you clearly see that sap and signavio are not the front runners so um let's see where where these things um will evolve in the future and finishing up as i started uh, I really liked the um, the entrance of Julie White as a member of the board who had a very central place in the presentation and she was really the, from my perspective, the most professional presenter throughout and really made some, some great points. Now, with that, um, I'm through the second part um, of the of my news wrap talking about um, SAP Sapphire now. And with that, uh, it was a quite extensive session today. Um, I hope I had some news for you in the first part. I hope I could perhaps spark some ideas around Sapphire now. Um, and with that, I wish you a nice Friday. I wish you a nice weekend and see you next Friday. Until then. Bye.